0: ladies and gentlemen fellas 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 welcome in to basically what is right now going to be the master's eve week at the houston open but we actually get a good field. to get dustin johnson finally returning we haven't seen dustin johnson now in six weeks and he's going to headline this event pretty easily the only single digit odds favorite and if you're talking about DraftKings, which we're about to get into right now he comes in as the only player basically above eleven thousand dollars and he's probably going to pick up a lot of ownership so we'll discuss that basically what we do here is we're going to go through each salary range we're going to discuss all these fellows we're going to fight figure out the way to be the most informed uh, discussing ownership discussing projections discussing just everything that goes into that projection, right? Recent performance, some of the key stats, and then we'll go from there in terms of which salary ranges the players that I like in every single range, all the way from $11,000 Dustin Johnson to the bottom of the bottom of the barrel in the $6,000 range. Welcome in right now. Like I said, it, it's, it's a little bit of a tune-up week, right? It's not as bad as a Bermuda Championship field, right? Not even near as close as that. I mean, you have guys right now actually in the 9K range that we want to play, in the 8K range that we want to play that don't look, just look like $6,000 golfers. You have some pretty elite names in this field, right? Right now from Brooks Kepka returning, from Terrell Hatton, who's been having a fantastic past year to year and a half Dustin Johnson, like we said, the aforementioned is going to be returning in this field. It's going to be at the Houston Open this week. So just a couple things to discuss in terms of the course itself before we get into the actual field and the players and the drafting salaries and all that stuff. The course is going to be a par 71. It's going to be just around below 7100 yards. And when this is usually the case, you don't have to look at distance all that much. Now we don't have the biggest of sample size here at this event. But from the sample size that we do have at this course, and basically since professional events being played at this course, you're seeing that ball striking and really just your approach play is going to matter a lot. You're seeing that approach play from 200 plus yards is going to matter. Now that can be kind of skewed, but you're still seeing that it's going to be important from 150 to 175, 175 to 200. And basically what that's saying to you is that, well, your second shot on your par fours, your third shot, your second shot also in the par fives is going to matter a lot more than what you're doing off the tee. Most par fours are going to be from 450 to 500 yards, but there's also a lot from 350 to 400. So it's kind of all over the place in terms of distance. You're going to be having a lot more success and you're going to have a lot more weight from what we've seen so far in a limited sample size on your approach, play your ball striking. So that will be weighted a little bit more again, limited sample size. So it's going to be skewed just from a couple players performance but putting here it seems to be a little bit more important than in other places again that's not going to be as much predictive as it's just going to be looking back retrospectively but that's what you're getting here a par 71 just under 7100 yards so what this basically means is that everybody is in play right it just makes the guys that don't have as much distance off the tee not as much at a disadvantage at this type of a course it does not make Dustin Johnson and Tony Finau and Brooks to an extent like these guys that are up here in there going to be players that are fantastic off the tee right or at least have distance off the tee right now uh, when you talk about Tony Finau when you talk about DJ coming into this field there's like top five guys if you say just long term off the tee this year and really the past 50 rounds being around the top 10 in that department. Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Sergio, these types of guys are not gonna be at a major disadvantage just because they have more distance. No, no, nowhere near that, right? But you will have to stay accurate. So that's another nuance to just kind of factor into it. So basically what we're going to get into and before we do hit the like button, if you will, one time, the more informed you are, the better chance that you have at winning. Hit a big old subscribe button that pops up. Yes, we're going to be doing some golf content. This is now I believe four weeks in order that we're doing it. I just enjoy doing the golf content, mixing it in. There's a nice little refresher So just different change of pace from all the NFL content we put out. If you are just finding me through golf, we put out about nine, ten different types of videos, podcasts on the podcast feed. If you're listening there or the YouTube channel, we do a couple of live streams a week for the NFL. I'm planning to do a live stream next week for golf because it's master's week, right? Probably not going to do it this week. I'll plan to do that next Wednesday. But yes, these videos come out on, on Tuesday afternoon. They've been doing that for the past month or so. And if you enjoy them, and if you enjoy the NFL, you can check out all the other content we have here. Like, subscribe, all those things are greatly appreciated. And this video is going to be brought to you today by Monkey Night Fight. Look, if you're not familiar with Monkey Knife Fight yet, they have contests. If you're playing them maybe already in NFL, if you're not familiar at all, they have them for the PGA in golf as well and it's a ton of fun it's a player prop site so they have like your very standard more or less your over unders for golf that would be like fantasy points you can do over under fantasy points it's daily fantasy sports and prop betting kind of combined in there but it could also just be over under birdies for the contest over under bogeys all these types of things will they win this hole who's going to win this hole right this player versus this player the one v ones so it's a bunch of different contests but then there's a lot of other player props you can check out on monkey night fight so if you want to support them for them supporting me you can check them out it's linked down below my last name vetri v-e-t-r-i you'll get a free money bonus up to 50 bucks you put 10 in you get 10 back you put 20 in you a heavy hitter a king pin, a head honcho, you want to put 50 in, bam, you got $100 rooskies in your account. So you can check that out. Monkey Knife Fight, proud sponsors of the show. Appreciate you all over at Monkey Knife Fight. Let's get into it now. So the $10,000 plus range will start. We have five golfers up here. So so far we've had like KJ Choi. He, he's withdrawn from this event as of my recording. If anybody else does, I'll update the projections and rankings for this event, which are on Patreon link down below. So you have up towards the top right now, Dustin Johnson, and he's going to be coming in with ownership. And I expect the highest amounts of ownership. And I do think that it'll be a decent gap from anybody else, because based on my projection and for anybody using optimizers and projections, a lot of the lineup, are going to be getting a lot of Dustin Johnson because he's going to be projected out for honestly, right now my projections like seven or eight more points than anybody else in this field. So he's going to go into a lot of lineups just from pure upside, like the value will be okay, right, it'll be fine. But the price point makes it not as great. But the overall just upside in his projection is going to put him in a lot of lineups. Well, the advantage that you have is maybe somebody who only plays one, even if you play 150, you have an advantage. But if you play like one to three to 10 lineups, well, honestly, I'm probably just fading him if I'm playing just one lineup, like in a single entry event, I'm probably fading Dustin Johnson, that seems crazy. And in 150 lineups, I'm not gonna have 0%. But I don't know if I get a Above the field on his 30% number. It's easier to do that in 150 lineups because you can get 60 or 70% and now you're leveraging the best player probably in the field. In your one to three lineups, I'd probably fade him and just try and knock out 30% of the field if Dustin Johnson just basically doesn't finish in the top three. If Dustin Johnson wins, yeah, you're probably screwed. If he finishes second or third, he scores a lot of overall scoring points, not counting counting the finishing position, then yeah, you're probably also screwed. But if he finishes fourth, fifth, sixth, right, it's the Will Zalatoris play from last week. Zalatoris comes in 30 plus percent on, we just don't play him in most of our contests. I faded him 100% in 150s and it doesn't hurt us because he doesn't win the Event. He doesn't even come close for the most part to winning that event, not even close at all. So Dustin Johnson's probably going to be somebody that I just look past and, and don't play much of this week, mainly just from a game theory standpoint. If you want to play him, that's fine. Like you can get different pretty easily elsewhere. It's 128 person field. So if you want to make the argument that it's not 158, it's a lot easier for the best of the best to win. I a hundred percent hear you on that one. But there's also the argument that we haven't seen him. He's coming off of COVID and we haven't seen him in six weeks. So for him to be this highly owned at this price point, I think that it might be a little bit of a mistake, especially in golf, where ownership is the biggest thing that you have an advantage on in terms of in really most sports. But if a guy's going to be coming. In I don't know three times his own, four times his own, five times his own. as other guys around him who are actually playing recently. Who maybe don't have the great recent form of Dustin Johnson winning in two out of his last four starts, and then the other two starts finishing second at the BMW and sixth at the U.S. Open. Right, he was fantastic the last time we saw him, but it's been a while since the end of September, so that's something that we have to kind of keep in mind and look into. Again, if you want to play him, it's completely fine. I'm just gonna be fading him for game theory st- reasons. Uh, the guy that I'll probably be going to in this range is two guys. The first one is gonna to be Tony Finau. So he sets up from a, a bomber standpoint, right? But he's also gonna set up when it comes to just his ball striking. So he's going to have the best of both worlds here. He's seventh overall in his last 50 rounds of ball striking right now at $10,900. He's going to pick up ownership as well. But I think being right next to Dustin Johnson, he'll probably come in half his own, if not a third the ownership. If Dustin Johnson comes in 30% on, you might have Tony Finau around 12 to 15% ownership. And now we haven't seen Tony Finau all that much either. I mean, we saw him basically last time at the Zozo, but before that we hadn't seen him since the US Open. At the Zozo, he looked fine. He finished 11th overall. He ended up gaining strokes everywhere. The putter is the thing that honestly, right now it's usually hot and cold for him. It's been a little bit more hot than cold as of late. He's basically gaining in three of his last four events at this point, coming off of gaining two and a half with the putter at $10,900. He has a nice projection for me right now. He's not my second highest projected golfer. That'll be a guy that I was going to be 10,300 Terrell Hatton on the slate that I'm going to have interest in, but he's also going to be probably one of the lowest owned guys in this range. I think Brooks coming off the injury, not seeing him in a while, he'll be the lowest owned in the 10K plus range. But then I think Finau sandwiched in between basically Brooks, Hatton, really Hatton and DJ will come in with the second lowest ownership. He actually has some course history here at this event. So I'm going to be taking Tony Finau at $10,900 as the first guy that i have interest in in this range. The next guy will be Terrell Hatton. He's going to pick up ownership. I don't think it will be to the levels pretty close. Maybe, maybe he gets to 25%. I don't think he'll be picking up similar ownership to DJ. I think DJ by far will have the most ownership in this range, but Hatton at $10,300. So if I'm not going to be playing much Brooks, if I'm not going to be playing DJ. I can take on this 20 plus percent ownership in a single entry and a lot of my lineups in terms of leverage. And he's been playing well. He's been playing well for a while now. So you had a little bit of a stretch here where you didn't really know what was going on with Hatton, right? He was winning events. All these WGCs he was playing well. And then he comes out, he wins the Arnold Palmer. And then he's looking fantastic at the RBC and the Rocket Mortgage, threatening to win on Sundays at, I believe, the RBC and the Rocket Mortgage up there on the weekend as well. And then he finishes almost dead last at the St. Jude. He misses the cut at the PGA Championship. He's finishing 25th at the Northern Trust, and it's little bit hard to see what to expect out of him and now he comes out or the third at the CJ cup comes out with a 28th of the Zozo playing pretty well right now. His only kind of leaking part of his game right now is around the green. And that's kind of been the case over the last, I would say 50 rounds. He ranks 58th out of 128 people in this field in that department, but he's a very good ball striker. He's very good on approach. His tee to green game is, is also fine. 13th overall over the last 50 rounds. Hatton at $10,300. So pick up ownership. I'm going to be getting here though. I think Hatton overall, even factoring in that 20% ownership number, probably my favorite play in the 10k plus range. And then now after that. And to close up this range, if you've been watching my content, and honestly, we took the hiatus for like two weeks, Two months really, when the NFL started from golf content. But Hideki is usually a guy I don't get to. Hideki just really rarely hurts you, especially when he's priced in this five figure range. Like Hideki, I don't really plan on him winning anytime soon. It's been like four years, and if he finally wins, well then I lose one time in four years by not playing Hideki, right? But Hideki, you're like hoping that you get a top 20. And even when he gets top 20, his finishing position points aren't there as much. He's probably arguably one of the worst five putters in this entire field. So it's hard to get there consistently. He's lost strokes, putting in four of his last five events. That's something that you're probably used to at this point, but he's not even threatening like these top five finishes. Like you had at the BMW, you had the third place at the BMW. And even if you didn't play him there, it didn't really hurt you all that much. And then basically his last three events, a miscut, a 21st and a 28th. He's just basically like a walking top 25 or a top 30. But the problem is he rarely finishes ahead of the top 15. So when a guy at $10,000 is finishing seventeenth for you, you're going to need a lot of Eagles. In there for it to actually pay off. So, Decky, look, he's going to burn me at some point, hopefully in the next five or 10 years for his sake to actually win an event. But for right now, he's not really hurting me all that much. He's not taking away from the dollar ruskies in my pockets. So let's move now to the $9,000 range as we head, close up this range. Basically, right now, Tony Finau and Hatton. Obviously, I'm playing a lot of lineups. Like, if I play one, my 150s, I'm going to have some Dustin Johnson. So, the no's on this are just to help the people playing one to five to 10 lineups, which is the majority of my audience. So, yes, if I'm playing like one to five lineups, I'd prefer Tony Finau and Hatton to try and start there with a build or at least those players in your player pool compared to like a DJ, a Brooks, and a Decky. But if you're playing 150 lineups, I might fully fade Hideki and Brooks, but I'll probably still have some Dustin Johnson. Moving now to the 9K range, it's going to be headlined by a couple of young players at this point. I mean, Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler up top. I have similar interest in all these guys to start this thing up. Like, they're all going to be picking up ownership from Hovland to Scotty Scheffler to Russell Henley. All these guys will be looking relatively the same at this point. Based on the price points, i probably go to Scotty Scheffler just because I know about his scoring upside. But all these guys are basically top five over their last 50 rounds when it comes to just their overall ball striking. You have Russell Henley right now, number one in ball striking, number one T to green, and number one in Approach. So he's looked very good. The upside in Scottie Shuffler's game, though, is his ability to absolutely score. And even if he finishes 17th, like he did last week at the Zozo, because he loses four strokes putting his ability to pick up just so many birdies and his eagle potential just kind of outlasts some of that finishing position. More times than not, like he's going to win his finishing position by maybe like five to 10 spots. So his 17th place finish is going to actually look like the scores who are finishing top 10. So that's the upside there. But Russell Henley in this range has also been good. You're just going to get ownership on all these guys, Halvin, Scottie Shuffler and Henley, all their projections and in terms of my projections or rankings down below on Patreon, you can check them out patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri underscore like everything's going to look similar for these guys the recent form that you're getting right now in back-to-back basically events a third at the cj cup a fourth at the zozo for russell handling has been very good he just has to avoid those blow-up weeks on the greens right now he even had a blow-up week to an extent at the zozo he lost over five strokes putting and he still has a fourth place finish that's because he hasn't lost strokes on approach he hasn't lost strokes basically t to green i think since june since basically the restart happened for the golf so this is going to be something that's very close to watch i think that he's going to be continuing to pick up ownership he does have a victory at this event in another top 10 back in 2018 winning in 2017. He's very close to a yes for me. It's just the ownership coming in on him is basically saying that at $9,400, he's probably gonna have to continue what he's doing with these close to top 10 performances if Russell Henley is indeed going to come out here and be like 25% on the second or third highest golfer in the range. So if you're playing like a couple of lineups and you're fading DJ, yeah, Henley's fine to go to as consistently as of late has been fantastic. You're basically you can count on a top 25 from him at this point. That's basically what he's been doing everywhere. But a ton of top 10 finishes right now he has four top 10 finishes in his last six events with nothing worse than a 27th. So Henley's fine to go to at 9400. I probably prefer Scottie Scheffler just to get a little bit of an ownership discount. I don't know if it'll be that severe though. If Henley comes in 25%, Scheffler still might be 15, 20% owned. So this range down here, you see a couple of yeses on these guys and I'll explain why I have yeses on them. And it's basically just due to the projection and the ownership that we're getting right now. So Adam Scott, who's also returning since seeing on the COVID list, I believe, and then you have Sanjay in here. These guys are going to be yeses. And if you're watching on YouTube, you could see that Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, and Russell Henley are X's, which in my model just basically means that they're maybes at this point. And it's because they all pretty much grade out for very similar, I would say projections in my model, but their ownerships are way different. You're probably gonna have like 10% less ownership on both of these guys from Sanjay to uh, Adam Scott compared to the Henleys and the Scotty Schefflers of the world. And what you're getting right now to Sanjay is some wishy-washy play, but it's been a lot better than the beginning of the year. Like Sanjay right now, he's finishing, I mean, back-to-back events in the 40s isn't great. But then he had a 13th, a 28th, and 11th, a 22nd. That was after coming off a stretch of just missing a ton of cuts or finishing like dead last, right? A miscut at the RBC, then three straight 50 or worse finishes, another miscut, a miscut at the PGA, miscut at the Northern Trust. But he's been playing stable golf as of late. He's been finishing basically very similar to Scotty Scheffler. Now he's cheaper with a similar. Projection, and he's actually going to come in with lower ownership similar things can be said for a guy in adam scott right now who adam scott's game is kind of all over the place at this point like the approach play is the one thing that you can probably count on his seed of green game isn't that bad either like it's, it's just average but for his price point you'd like to see it a little bit higher adam scott we have not seen either since basically the last time that we saw dustin johnson so this is a concern here that we haven't seen him in a long time his game before that wasn't clicking anywhere near he finished 38th at the u.s open losing strokes on approach losing strokes in a lot of different places so adam scott i'm actually probably going to go in here yes it's probably a little bit too aggressive i'm going to change adam scott to a maybe we're going to change Scotty Scheffler and Hanley both TSs just knowing that their ownership is going to be a little bit more than Sunjay's. But if we're kind of going through this thinking that I'm going to be personally fading in a lot of my lineups, Dustin Johnson, then I can eat some of this ownership on this mid-range where I think it is a very good and loaded mid-range from Hovland down to Sunjay, and to an extent, Adam Scott here, just a little bit weary about not seeing him in six weeks. That's going to be a lot of guys that you can actually get to. Probably not going to play much Sergio or Jason Day, although it is important to call out Sergio right now as number one off the tee and his tee to green play is top five in this field. He's probably not going to pick up all that much ownership either, maybe single digit ownership. So at least something to be pointed out now we get to the defending champion at this event in lanto griffin who we're used to playing this guy i don't know like he's always hovering at like 7200 or 6800 depending on the event if he didn't win this event last year he'd probably some be somewhere in like the 75 7700 $7, range But we have him here at 8900 i'm not going to fully exclude lanto or some of these guys that are around him like lanto and doc Reman won't be fully excluded from my player pool lanto's just playing good golf a 7th at the cj cup and 11th at the zozo he has a bunch of other top 10 and top 20 finishes as of late a 10th at the bmw a t- a 18th at the tour championship so lanto's playing well he obviously had to win here last year 80 8900 dollars is a lot to swallow. I won't remove him from my player pool. I don't think I'll get a lot of him. Same can be said for Doc Remman, but it is going to be a situation where I'm not going to fully fade him or take him out of my player pool. Like some guys I will hear like Zach Zarnson's picking up ownership probably won't get there. Corey Connors projection in my projections and model right now is not that great. See who came is picking up ownership. I'm probably just going to fade it because everybody around him looks exactly the same from a projection standpoint. One guy that I actually do like getting to and I actually have him as a yes right now because he grades out a little bit better and he actually grades out pretty close to like the top of the eight range, similar to Lanto and Doc Remman, but he's priced at $8,100. He's going to be Cam. Davis and he was cut here at this event last year. I don't think he's going to pick up all that much ownership. Really, probably not much ownership at all. Maybe get somewhere around like six, seven percent ownership for Cam Davis. And he's been playing decent golf as of late, right? And this was in much tougher events, some of them. So you have the 52nd at the Shriners, which is really going to suck down his ownership. But if you look at all of his events right before that, I mean, the recency bias should take that out. A sixth place, a 36, a 29th, a 12th, and a 15th. So those are some very strong finishes. And what got him at the Shriners? Well, basically his approach play was off a little bit, and his around the green play was off a little bit. So he's a very stable golfer, I would say, all around. The biggest strengths that you're going to see in Cam Davis's game as of it's just going to be his off the tee game. And then everywhere else is just basically very average or above average out of 128 players. But in this price range, he's just very average. So if his off the tee game is clicking and everything else isn't just absolutely leaking, like you've basically been seeing at the six of the Sanderson Farms, and when he was finishing top 15 and top 12 at the Wyndham and the three open, he starts to become a player at $8,100 that yeah, he's very live for a top 10 finish. So I like the top 10 bets on Cam Davis and at $8,100, he's the guy that I probably like the most based on ownership and projection and just overall fit for this course and price uh, in the 8k range. So we now move to the $7,000 range of if you're still watching right now please do take a second of your time hit the like button the big old subscribe button pops up i appreciate that a ton moving now to the 7k range, there's a lot of guys in here that are going to look pretty appealing like denny mccarthy at 7900 in this type of a field he just looks kind of out of place it seems like you would think that he'd be in the 8k range which i think is why you're probably going to see some ownership coming in on him because of that i'm probably just going to get the some like the only thing you have from denny mccarthy is the putter so i don't want to be playing a guy who maybe comes in i don't know somewhere around 10 15 percent on if that's where he's going to be coming in by the end of the week uh, just because of the fact that he has a really good putter and he's been decent in some other spots as of late because everywhere else overall like Tito Green, 109, out of 128 people, he's more so probably should be priced around like $7,400. So I'm just not going to be getting there all that much. Next up, we're going to be going to Harold Varner off of the miscut. Nobody's probably going to want to play him here. I think he might get single-digit ownership, but in my opinion, he should probably be like an $8,500 golfer this week. Before his missed cut, a 13th at the Shiner's, a 29th at the Safeway, and a 7th at the Wyndham. He's been playing good golf. What is the issues with Harold Varner? Well, we didn't really have the shot link or anything. We just knew that he lost five strokes. He missed the cut at the Bermuda, which was the issue there. But the long-term issues are just really going to be the putter for Harold Varner. But everything else, he's a top 10 ball striker in this field, top five actually. He's six on approach and. He's Third tee degree. He's a very strong golfer who should honestly probably be like fifteen percent on this week. I think based off of the missed cut last time, he's now missed two out of his last four cuts. I don't think you're going to get as much ownership as you should. So Varner grades out for me well, and I actually like the fact that we get some low ownership on him. EVR can be said for similar things as well. So if EVR is going to be coming in here at this price range, he's had a very good season so far this year. He's been a guy who I believe has had a battle COVID as well. He's going to probably come in around eight to ten percent on, which in this price range it's just fine. Like it's nothing out of the ordinary. It's nothing extreme. He's been okay coming off of a twenty third at the U.S. Open. We haven't seen EVR in a while either, so that's the one concern here is how much do we want to take into effect the layoff for these guys? We know for at least the most part, we don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that we can find out that these guys have been playing almost probably every single day or every other day, even since they're not playing. So I think it's fine for EVR. I think it's fine for these guys. Dustin Johnson we're just fading because of ownership. Adam Scott, I think that there's just a couple other better guys around him. But EVR, I'm fine to get to. I prefer Harold Varner. But at this point, the last time we saw him at the US Open, finished 23rd. He is a threat to miss the cut, obviously, just because of the downsides in EVR's game, which right now is just going to be the around the green, the putter. And to an extent, sometimes that approach play will leak from him. Overall, ball striking is fine because he has a are off the tee game. He actually has a nice fit here from the fact that he's very good off the tee top 10 in this field and he's borderline top 10 in ball striking. It's just the concerns that he can't have blow up rounds. He's a 60 to one favorite to win this thing. It's so actually based on where he's priced right now in the Vegas signs, his drafting price should probably be around like 8,200 and not 7,700. So I think you're getting some value in there and the ownership isn't coming in enough on it. Now there's a bunch of other guys real are on the podcast version you can see on YouTube that I have interest in, right? Like I have Alex Noren, uh, Taylor Gooch, Wyndham, Clark, Kevin Stroman, like these guys, Mackenzie Hughes, JT Poston, they're my player pool. They're just marked as maybes because they don't stand out early in the week. as guys I definitely want to get to for one reason or another projection course fit um, ownership potentially uh, gets me off of them guys around them looking similar or better at lower ownership so the last guy that I'll talk about at the $7,500 plus range and I believe maybe even in the entire 7k range the last yes that I'll talk about and then hit on some more babies is Dylan Fertelli at $7,000 flat so Fertelli right now is somebody that yeah I want to own coming off of an 11th at the Zozo back in the end of October is where we saw him last time he gained over four strokes around the green over six strokes total but 4.7 strokes gain t to green Fertelli is a guy that when it comes to the off the tee game you can bet on that when it comes to just some of of a short game around the green play overall, you can bank on that. He's gained basically in four to five events from that regard, so you're going to get low ownership here. He's 100 to one to win this thing, so maybe you're paying like a little bit, maybe 100 to 200 dollars overpriced based on the fact that all the other 100 to one guys to win this thing in Vegas are actually priced at 7,400 dollars. It's nothing major at this point. So at this point, I think I would prefer HV3. That's Varner, then EVR. That's Van Royen. and then at the end of it for Telly in that range so to go down a little bit more. There's a bunch of guys who look interesting to me, right? Like Sam Burns. I'm usually I love playing Sam Burns. We actually haven't seen at this point Sam Burns in a couple of weeks now. It's coming on. I believe it's going to be a month. He's been having a great season, right? A 13th at the Wyndham, a 7th at the Safeway, 28th at the Corrales. At this price range, like he's almost close to being a guy who, if he does make the cut, based on the fact that he can lay down Eagles, he can hit the birdies, his putter is very good, he's sound in a lot of different areas off the T game, is third overall in this field. He's 80 to 1 to win this thing, so he's probably about two, $300 under price. My projection doesn't make him look as good as the guys that we have as yeses, but based on the fact that he's not going to be that highly owned and he sets up really well and he's consistent, right? If this guy makes the cut, you're probably looking at a borderline walking like a top 30, top 25 in the $7,500 range. So Sam Burns is going to be a guy that'll actually. Make a yes right now. Stenson, if you want to get there, he's just been absolutely. You haven't seen much, right? Like all of his stats, last 50 rounds will look good, but some of those rounds are going to be a way, way, way long time ago, and not taking into account a lot of his recent form, which has not been great. Cam Tringale, Lucas Glover, these guys that are in my player pool. If you're listening on the podcast and you can't see them, mark as X's. The X's are just guys that are in a player pool. The N's are guys that I've just fully faded. I'll talk on Sep Straka at $7,000 flat. He does look fine, but I think that he'll probably be for a guy that's going to be that cheap, picking up a good amount of ownership. Doesn't mean you run away from him. Doesn't mean he's going to be like 20% owned. But if Sepp Straka comes in at 10% owned at $7,000 flat. Lot. there's a lot of other guys and I mean a long list of other guys around him in the upper sixes or in the low sevens that you can just get to Freya, who is coming off of a couple of good events right he made the cut finished 43rd and then he goes in out and finishes 21st at the Bermuda so he does look good he finished t4 here last year I think he will pick up a good amount of ownership if he starts to get to double digits it's just worth fading at least in my opinion we now move to the six thousand dollar range and also if you're not familiar I do have just a lot of stuff on the NFL but also uh, patreon projections link down below my projections and rankings for this golf event they're already out and up there I'll update them based on any withdrawals I'll update them based on Vegas i Changing. You can check it all out, linked down below on my Patreon and a lot of other NFL stuff as well. If you want to check it all out. Now we get to the six thousand dollar range. Honestly, below sixty five hundred, I'm really not gonna have any interest at all. Maybe like one guy in that range. I don't think I have any real strong interest. But in the six K range above it, yeah, we have some nice options. McNeely is hit or miss, but that's why he'll be a little bit lower owned. He's coming off of basically a close, a borderline top twenty, a twenty first. So if you if you had those bets of the the top twenty from him, some of the late movement actually pushed him to a top twenty one, a T twenty one, and that just stinks if you had the top twenties. But he gained six point four total strokes. Then he finished seventeenth at the Sanderson Farms. Uh, it's just all over the place for him. So that's what you can get in the 6K range, but he's going to be in play for me. He's actually a nice pivot off of Sepp Straka. Maybe they come in a similar ownership, but I think Straka's just course history and how he's been playing as of late keeps him a little bit higher there. Yeah, Rory Sabatini is a guy that he's made three straight cuts, but in two of them he's finished basically like dead last after or bottom ten after making the cut. But a twelfth at the Sanderson Farms, he did that all through the putter though, gaining over six strokes. A lot of his game is leaking right now, mainly the approach play. So I, I think that right now I'm actually going to move him. Now he's still very fine in the short range. You just need the approach play to click. I'm going to move him from a yes to a maybe just because of how bad I'm looking like into it a lot more now. He's lost on approaching in five straight events and six out of his last seven and you need your approach play here if you don't have your approach play you better have some off the tee game and he's gained in his last two in the off the tee which is nice and encouraging but then before that he lost in four straight in the off the tee is not the most accurate for Harry sabatini so tabatini at 6900 dollars, based on the vegas odds i still do like him like his 125 to 1 odds means that he's probably two or 300 dollars underpriced here i'll prefer mad mcneely in this range i might even prefer scott stallings who's at the exact same price point all these guys won't have much ownership scott stallings his last three events having a six the miscut and then a 26 at the bermuda he's actually looked pretty good as of late scott stallings in everywhere at the sanderson farms so that was very good to see then he comes out of the shriners losing all three strokes in the short game which was the concern there so Scott Slungs might actually be somebody that i go to over rory sabatini i think that at the exact same price point both of these guys probably like three four five percent on somewhere in that range but Scolins has at least been putting it all together and has shown us that he can put it all together in a recent event going down a little bit more a lot of guys homa hubbard danny willett all these guys are going to be in my player pool going down to tom holm going down to charl i think that coros ortiz as long as he suits up here we saw a recent withdrawal from ortiz in the past last time that we saw him was at the zozo he finished 35th and then the 48th so ortiz is somebody that if he does Make the cut, he's very similar to like the poor man's Scotty Scheffler. Where if he's gonna make the cut for you, and that's gonna be a big if, but if he does make the cut for you at this price point, he's probably going to out finish where he actually finishes by a lot based on his overall points. Like he's gonna outscore his finishing points on DraftKings because he's going to be able to have a ton of birdies, eagle opportunities. So, like where he finishes 35th at the Zozo, he probably finishes in the top 25 in DraftKings scoring because of how often he gets birdie or better uh, results to go in his favor. So, 6,700, I'll take the chance on that. You have Molinari who's just fallen off the face of the earth, he's in a player pool, so is Johnny Vegas for me. Then you just get down to a range, that's not that great, right? Zingzu Zhang and Brandon Grace, they're down here, but not playing the greatest of golf. I think Zhang offers some upside. Duffner, I don't really know if I can go to him here. He fits out a lot of things for you at a cheap price point of $6,500 in terms of if he's going to set up very well, like from a standpoint of just approach playing ball striking, but obviously the putter is the big concern there. It's off the tee game is not that great. Let's move now below 6,500 and just call out a couple names because let's be honest, this range is absolutely terrible. So when you're down here below 6,500, Danny Lee, Brian Stewart, like the guy that I probably go to the most and I continue to just go to this guy. And that's going to be the young kid who we've seen pop up in some spots this year. And I believe Since he made the cut last week, and finished 34th overall, which is a good finish. Like he actually paid off for me last week. That's going to be Will Gordon. He's basically a may cut, miss cut, may cut, miss cut. When he makes the cut, he'll probably finish. I don't know. 34th was one of his best finishes that we've seen in a long time. The past two months, I think making the cut, he needed to get some sort of eligibility. So now that he's had that, will it be as much motivation? Well, he's 151 odds to win this thing, so he's probably about $500 on their price. Like he should be the upper six K range based on Vegas's odds to win this. He grades out pretty nicely from a ball striking. He's top 10 off the tee in this field, so I actually like Will Gordon at 6400. It's like a broken record, but he just obviously stands out. Not only from like fantasy points per game, but also just based on the fact that you're going to have Vegas pretty much indicating that she'd be like a 68 to $6,900 golfer. So I like Will Gordon at 6,400. Some other guys that are going to be in my player pool, John Ha is going to be in my player pool at 6300 It's nothing crazy here. The punter's going to be fine. He's basically average everywhere at this point. He just grades out a little bit better than anybody else in my projections at that point. And then nobody else like Chris Kirk, if you really wanted to punt at 6200 nobody below that is going to be in a player pool for me. Nate Lashley, Kevin Chappell, uh Robbie Shelton, they're all in a player pool, but I would prefer probably Will Gordon the most out of this range that is just dusty. So thank you for tuning in to what is going to be the the eve masters eve week with the houston open coming here you get some guys just trying to tune up their game get a lot of big names in this field with brooks and dustin johnson adeki hat and all those guys up top thank you for tuning in before you go please do hit the like button the big old subscribe button that pops up and check out and support monkey knife fight my last name Vetcher. you'll get free money bonus on player props so if you like doing player props it's not just for golf like if you're watching this you're like yeah i never really do golf player props but i love playing the over-unders on how many passing yards x player will have matt safford how many receiving yards and, and and overall julio jones will have the more or less those types of things in a bunch of different games. you can check them out link down below monkey knife fight promo code vetri v-e-t-r-i will get you a free money bonus up to 50 dollar ruskies thank you so much for tuning in the next time that we talk about golf will be the masters next tuesday morning the masters look into for dfs and we'll have a live stream i'm planning to have a live stream next wednesday so be sure to check all that out hit the notification bell so you get notified of when i go live not only for that event next week but all the other content that i have coming out for the nfl this week you can check out my twitter at salvage dfs i have a pinned up tweet that tells you my schedule for the rest of the week and already the content that i have released thank you so much and i will see you all in the next one